to Out of the Box Radio with me, your host, Christine Blasdale. Out of the Box Radio is a weekly podcast of audible ear candy dedicated to bringing a fresh perspective on this thing that we call life. And each and every week, we're going to be diving into the topics that matter most with lively conversations on issues such as health, wellness, and transformational healing, all with the goal of creating a better world and becoming a happier human being. I will be your tour guide for this epic adventure, and each and every week we're going to be embarking on a journey with the ultimate goal being transformation to our highest potential. And now, let's get out of the box. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Out of the Box Radio. I am your host, Christine Blasdale, and ooh, I am so happy that you joined us today because we have a mojo rockin' show for you. My guest today is Deborah Kagan, and she is the creator of Rock Your Mojo Programs and the author of Find Your Me Spot, 52 Ways to Reclaim Your Confidence, Feel Good in Your Own Skin, and Live a Turned On Life. On top of that, she is also on the advisory board of Peace Over Violence and is the founder, executive producer of V-Day Santa Monica, which was uh, a benefit raising awareness and funds to end violence against women and girls. I am so happy to have you on the program, Deborah. Welcome to Out of the Box Radio. Thank you for having me. This is such a pleasure and an honor. So there's so much to talk about. Uh, f- first of all, thank you uh, for the work that you that you do uh, on peace over violence, um, in particular, uh, you know, raising awareness and funds uh, to end violence against women and girls. We're going to get into that a little bit more uh, in a bit. But I just want to say thank you uh, mm. right at right at the get go here, and so rock your mojo. Yes. What's a mojo? What's a mojo, is it, baby? Is it, is it a potato? <laughs> Isn't that some kind of mojo potato? I still feel people are still saying, "Is it Austin Powers?" <laughs> it's not lost on on every generation. Um, mojo, it's a slang word, and I I'm, I'm from New York City originally, and so I, I do like me a little bit of slang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, it literally means life force. It is a, it's your personal magnetism. Mm-hmm. It's what people feel from you before you ever open your mouth. Um, and so it is it's it's literally like in quantum physics these days, they have proven that everything is energy. Everything. Yes. And so your mojo is something that you were born with. We're all born with it. People say, "Oh, I lost my mojo." Not true. <laughs> Not true at all. The volume dial goes down. Ah. That's what happens. And what makes the volume dial go down? Life experiences. So everything in our body is, uh, everything's energy, and all our experiences are layered in our bodies, right? When we think about athletes, they talk about cellular memory. Yes. So the same thing goes for every human being. The experiences that we have, good, bad, in the middle, they're all in us. Okay, and the challenging experiences, the more traumatic experiences, those are the ones that turn the volume dial down. So maybe we're playing on, you know, in the playground, we were a kid and someone's like, you're stupid. And somewhere that lodges in your physical body. Right. And, and it's like a chink in in your mojo armor. So it's like, oh, ow, I'm going to dim a little bit. Yeah. I'm stupid. Okay, well then maybe I shouldn't shine so brightly, and people won't notice me as much, and they won't know that I'm stupid, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So really, by the time that we're ten, eleven years old, the 
the neurobiological structure of our bodies has been formed. And I call the the challenges that we, we experience and how they get lodged in our body, I call them kinks, the kinky life. And not that kinky life, everybody. That's another show we can talk about. We're going to have you back on that one. Yes. I love talking about that one. But these are the kinks that create like a hardened, calcified bunch of energy that just sticks and doesn't move. It's like fascia. It is. It's like fascia. Mm -hmm. But it jams up the mojo flow. Because if you think of your body as energetic freeways or even like lots of hoses that are watering the garden of your body, okay? Brilliant. yeah. So what happens is there, and then the kink is this traffic jam. And now the natural force of mojo that is constantly moving in you is doing its damnedest to get through this kink. And maybe a little bit gets through or it seeps around the edges or, you know, you're wise enough and uh, you, you take enough time at some point in your life to do some personal development to say, hey, I, I know things really actually could be different. And then you start to shift that kink. Right. And you mentioned my book, actually, Find Your Me Spot, which is a really great resource and selfish endeavor on my part <laughs> because I wrote it as a cheat sheet for myself, frankly. Brilliant. <laughs> you know, but it is, it's all about using our senses consciously. Having a conscious awareness with using the senses because when we put different input into our senses, through our senses, mm -hmm. that's the fastest and easiest way to begin to smooth out the kinks. And those things that you're putting into your thoughts, mm -hmm. into your experience, into your daily experience, uh, from my understanding, and I know... Uh, with the work that you've done, it's extremely important to have a bit of control over what we bring into our world, what we watch on, if we watch television. I yes. personally don't, but what we watch, what we listen to, what we pay attention to, correct? A hundred percent. And that's why, because most of us, and I only know this because I went through lots of challenges and had plenty of trauma, which we can talk about or not. But um, And so it was... It was really using my own life as uh, and myself as a guinea pig to see how this works and right. does it truly transform, and it does. And right. so, yes, we have to be conscious of what we put in, and that's why I say put, you know, give yourself a new experience, put in very conscious, specific input, and that way you can change the way that the mechanism, meaning you, your body, your mind, works. It's like a computer. Oh, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you were talking about like, you know, what happens on the playground, you know, uh, what happens when you're young. And I, for some reason, too, that 11 year old, the 11 for me stands out. I'm in my 50s. Mm -hmm. And there are certain ages, four years old, 11 years old, 22. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, around in my early 30s, but but 11, four and 11 really stand out to me because 11, you're not a baby anymore. Mm -hmm. You are looking ahead and seeing what's what's ahead for you in adulthood or at least in teenage years, sure. but you're not a teenager yet. You're not, you're not even like, you're almost at that tween, right? And you're in that tween section, but it is such an important time in our development. And as you were talking about those little kinks in our armor, in our mojo armor that happen when we're young. If we're on the playground and someone says something like that, or uh, you're, you're a parent or someone that you 
are close to um, says you're you know you're you're stupid you're um, you're fat you're you know this or that we carry those throughout our entire lives for many of us we'll those are always with us those are the stories that we keep playing over and over again but it's through as as you know it's through the work Mm -hmm. that we do and how we can take those challenges or even things that happen to us in life that throw us off of our you know we're we're just cruising through life and something tragic happens uh abuse um, um, an accident, an illness, those things also can define us or they can define us in a, in a better way, right? In, in, in a magically transformative way. Absolutely. Let's talk about that. I know it's a very broad yeah, subject. The, but. Yeah, I mean, there's the empowering context of uh, an experience and then there's the disempowering context of an experience, Correct. right? So... With the disempowering ones, I love that you said the, that they create this story. Because that's all it is, is a story. But when we're young, we don't know the difference between a story and reality. That's why fairy tales are so yeah. powerful. So that story becomes our reality. Right. And it, hopefully at some point we can unpack that and really see, okay, this incident occurred. In that moment, I made a decision about myself. And then that decision about myself became the world that I was now living in. Correct. Right? So the beautiful thing about that is when you get it, all of a sudden there's space between that story and the incident. And you can see the incident for what it was. It just was this moment. Right? Right. And we are always, always have the capacity to create new. Exactly. In this, right now, in this moment. So if there's something really challenging going on in your life... Which most people have challenging things. It's yeah, know, it's it's, a, it, it's called the human existence. It's called life. <laughs> so you know the the thing that has really excited me is in any moment you have the power and the mojo behind it to shift your reality, and that and that's actually the M of mojo because mojo really uh, um, it's all about the four pillars of mojo. So it's an acronym for acronym. for yeah. let's let's go through it since you set that yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it is we're talking mindset stuff right now with story. And yes. that's the M of Mojo. Right? And and with Mojo again being energy, our thoughts are things. Oh, definitely. Right? So our thoughts become the words we speak and then the words we speak become the reality and the well, we become the actions we take or don't take. Bingo. Right? And that's the thing I think people forget cuz they think, "Oh, well, it's just, you know, I need to take this action." Well, no, what you're saying to yourself, you could actually be holding yourself back from taking the action Correct. that you really want. Right? Holding yourself back from a relationship or sabotaging, self-sabotaging yes. Yes. Uh, relationships with other people because you don't, that heart wall is up. Right. You don't want to have that hurt because mm-hmm. someone hurt you when you were really young. Yeah. So that heart wall comes up so that you won't take that action, right? Or career steps. Oh, oh hello. Yeah. <laughs> boy, oh boy. So, so M is mindset. Mindset. Yes. Okay. So it's about getting our heads screwed on straight. Correct. Right? And then the O is all about what I call the oracle. All right? Mm-hmm. So this is our body. And I call it an oracle because our body knows everything. Yes. It knows when we want to sleep. It knows what we want to eat. It knows who we want to sleep with. Yeah. It knows where you know where we want to go, what we need. The body has all the answers. Why? Because all our experiences are actually layered in our body. Exactly. Right? So it's a tuning fork for 
you know, real life divination. It's a tuning fork for discovering what's really true for me, what's going to empower me again, what's going to challenge me. And, and challenge, by the way, I know you know this, but challenge is, is a great thing. It It is a great thing. It's all how we view it, isn't it, though? Well, and how we interact with it. Right. Because there's a challenge in an, again, empowering context or a disempowering context. Exactly. Right. If you set yourself up in a space that's going to be challenging, that would be repeating some of the uh, younger year kinks. Like I did that with my first job. I, I moved from New York City to Los Angeles originally 24 years ago. And I worked in the uh, film business on the producing end of things. Mm-hmm. And as great of a job as it was, what I realized after a couple of years that the environment and that experience was recreating the dysfunction of the um, violent and domestically violent home that I was that grew up in uh, with my mom and her second husband. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, well, that was a career challenge. Was it empowering? Mm, some of it was, but to stay. If I had stayed, I chose to leave. If I had stayed, would have been a disempowering Correct. context. Correct. Right? Right. So that's I want to make that distinction because I think that's really important because some people think, well, I just need to get through this. Right. Right. And right. then and all of a sudden it's more mea culpa and you're reinforcing the original kink. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And your body, you, the oracle, yeah. right, that it is, on a cellular level knows. Yes. It knows you could be sitting wherever, you know, or, or driving to work um, and you're over, you know, you can feel your stomach to start to go, oh, I got to go, you know, I hate when I have to see so Bob in accounting or whatever. Your your body is already giving you those signals yes. that it's time to move on. But then we have those other those other messages that come through. So, well, but you need to be responsible. Yes. You suck it up. You have a mortgage to pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to do this and that. suck it up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When or our, don't say anything, especially yeah. for women. When our bodies right? are telling us. Stay quiet. Yes. Don't use your voice. Yes. Right? Like I spent many years just be pleasing. Yes. Right? That's a message many women get growing up. But I like the idea of, of, um, of how we look at the challenges. Mm-hmm. And if we step into something that is maybe bigger than we, you know, uh, bigger than we've ever had. Uh, also something I love to do things that I haven't done before. Yes. And especially when it comes to uh, work situations. And it was um, about a year ago, I was asked to come in and be, be the general manager of a radio station in Los Angeles, a very large radio station. And I had worked with this uh, radio station for many, many years. Uh, I knew everything about it. But I was like, you know, you wait, I'm going to manage these people and deal with the boards and all that crazy stuff. And still also, because I was a, f- a fundraiser um, uh, on air, still I have to make all the m- I need to raise as much money as possible because right. I know how much it costs now by the budget, <laughs> right? So I was like, uh, so I really have to kind of split myself in two and do both really well. And there was something inside me. Yes, was it scary? Hell yeah. It was extremely scary because I hadn't done it before. But there was something within me that said, do the best that you can, Christine. Step into it and your synapses will grow. And with that attitude, just like you were saying earlier, um, because energy, everything is energy. With that attitude also, 
I got support from different people in in the most miraculous ways. Yeah. And it just it was one of the best experiences for for a full year. I would say it was one of the best experiences of my life because I did expand my knowledge base mm. and my skill set. And I actually want looking back at it. I'm I'm quite proud of that. But was it overwhelming in the beginning and scary? Yes. Sure. Well, anytime that we grow, like if we're not a little scared in the beginning, it's truly not going to transform you. <sighs> That's what I've learned. Right. If you don't feel a little bit like throwing up. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's not. You know, I realized I'm like, okay, that's it. Could be fun, but it's not really going to uh, help with the bigger evolution. Yes, right. So I say that to my clients and the ladies that work with me all the time because when you step into something that is truly going to expand you in any kind of a capacity, it's going to be scary. It's going to be scary at the beginning. Yeah, and I love what you just said because you're talking about that you created a context with your mindset. Yes. Right. To step into that place. The other thing that you're speaking to really is the J of Mojo. I'm so glad you came back to that yes, because we did the M, the O, and now the, the J. J. So the J is joining with the different roles that you play mm -hmm. in life. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting. So you were talking about your professional role. Yes. And it was in this one context. Right? Yeah. It was a fundraising piece. Yes. Like that's kind of like your thing. Right. And now you're being asked to run a whole station. Yes. Which is in the context of your professional role, but yet it's a it's a slightly different nuance. Yes. Right? Yes. So when we start to um, expand our capacity with the different roles that we play, not only professionally, but we all have a personal role and usually more than one <laughs> because we'll be either in an intimate relationship and that would be a wife, lover, girlfriend, whatever that might be, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then we're somebody's daughter, and maybe we have a daughter or a son, so then we're, we're a mother, a parent. Um, so there are these different roles that we play in life. But what happens is when we're young again, we get shoved down one lane. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're the smart one. Mm -hmm. You're the athletic one. Mm -hmm. You're the pretty one. Mm. You're the lost cause. Correct. Right. So what? then we live mainly in that lane, either living into it, or fighting against it. Correct. It usually goes one of those two ways. And then there's all the other stuff. There's the creative side. There's the adventurer side. There's this, you know, sort of badass business side. All of these other pieces of ourselves that get shoved in a closet. They put, you know, get put under a rug. And someday, for most people, you'll wake up and go, I just don't quite feel like myself. Yeah. Or like, where did I go? And that's because there's all this other energy. There's all this other level of self-expression that is squelched and being choked. And when you join with these different roles by discovering them, giving them some airtime in your life, yeah. like literally, I say, you know, go on some role play dates. You know, if, if you're an artist or you have an artist side that has been non-existent for however many years or decades, spend an hour. You know, there's a great book, The Artist's Way, um, called mm -hmm. Julia, you know, by Julia Cameron many, many years ago. And she suggested go on artist dates. And I thought this is one of the greatest things because now at least even once a week or once every couple of weeks, you're going out and giving voice to that part of yourself. Right, right. And then what happens is your confidence level 
skyrockets. Skyrockets, yes. And how does that affect your life? Well, that affects your life by, you know, you're more confident showing up in your relationships. Now you've got this, you know, these, this new big position with work. And you're like, hey, I can step into this, though. Yes. Because there's, I'm saying yes to more of myself. Yes. And when we say yes to ourselves, every single thing around us changes. And that's one of the hardest yeses I've noticed over all these years. of I, I exclusively work with women. Exactly. That is one of the hardest things for women to do is to say yes to themselves. Like unabashedly, selfishly, for themselves. Word. Uh, uh. Th- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, again, um, society, uh, religion, dogma. Hello. Family structure, um, depending on you know, I I believe we you know we we reincarnate. I believe that I've been here many many times. So it depends on when you come through, right? Um, society in general will be putting you in a role. This is what you do. You take care of others. Um, what do we do with little girls? We give them a baby, a baby doll. You, this is your job. You're a caretaker. Right. So no wonder little girls grow up to be women who. That's not even. It's not that they don't have the ability to tap into their needs and express themselves in a whole myriad of different ways. But it's going against the structure of everything they've known, mm. and that's why your work. I think it's absolutely. It's so powerful uh, for women right now. And um, I, I want to get to the O. Yeah. But then um, I want to talk about uh, after going to O. The um, explosion of women entrepreneurs, um, women just—I've just seen it. I've seen. I would—I would say in the last, well, definitely last year, but in the last six months, it's just like, whoa, what is going on? So we'll talk about that um, after getting to O. What is O? The last O is your oasis. And I thought this, it was <laughs> orgasm. <laughs> okay, the, you know, orgasm is always good. It's an oasis as well. <laughs> yes. Okay, so your oasis. <laughs> your oasis is your—it's your environment. Okay, so it's your home, your office, the places you're spending time in. Here in the Los Angeles area, we're in our cars a lot. That too. (laughs) You want to turn into an oasis, which you can. And I spent uh, actually 13 years of my professional career as a feng shui consultant. I saw that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It was really cool. And for many years, I was in the metaphysical closet. (laughs) (laughs) And when I left the film industry, I I had been involved in feng shui and already been studying it. And so people said, well, why don't you just do that? Now, this was back in sort of like 97, a little over 20 years ago. Right. People, when you said feng shui back then, people thought, is that a new Chinese restaurant? Yes, exactly. (laughs) Right? So, um, it was unique at the time. And uh, what I learned, though, and f- again, through my own experience, my life radically changed when I started to implement things in my environment and set it up in a way that was conducive to more life force, more mojo to be flowing through the environment. I felt happier, had more energy, was less stressed. I ended up getting a radically big fat raise that I didn't even ask for from a man who never gave them. Right. So that was pretty exciting and impressive. The relationship I was in went to a much deeper level. You know, there were all these things that got me excited enough to say there's really something to this. Well, it it also, I mean, just that we're we're so busied with so much stuff and clutter. 
Which is like high cholesterol in our bodies. Ah, right. That's it's, what I mean. It's clogging really. our arteries. Yeah, because when we look at the a practice, flow. yeah, when we look at the practice, it's a you know three to five thousand year old thing, originally from China. But depending on who you talk to, is how old it is. It, it's old. <laughs> Let's just put it that yeah. way. So there was there was no clutter back in that day. Okay, right. in our modern day sense. Right. However, this it's an issue for people these days. Oh yeah, I mean it's a massive issue, and the way that I'd invite everyone to think about it again, it, it literally is just like high cholesterol. So it jams up your natural flow of mojo that's available, right? Right. So you don't have to become, you know, completely OCD and, you know, uh, totally organized neatnik. <laughs> no, no, but 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 realize that your surroundings, if you, uh, if you work somewhat, I, okay, the, if you go, if you're going to an office, this is the greatest thing. Uh, and my office is no representation of that. It's because it's just I've got a lot of material that I go through, right? Uh, I review a lot of stuff. So I've got uh, books and DVDs and CDs and everything. Uh, but I have some friends, some coworkers who you go by and you look at their desk and it's literally like I want to send out a search party for them because <laughs> there's pa- stacks and stacks and stacks of papers. Uh-huh. It, it's it's starting to eat them alive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um uh, I had walked when when I, one of the first things I d- did when I was the the manager of the radio station was I walked through a producer's uh, walked by a producer's office, and I looked at the floor on the carpet and it looked like there was a crime scene. Like <laughs> like I said, what the what what is that? And they're, and they're sitting there. I don't know. I don't know what it, it looked like. Literally, like somebody took the darkest, blackest espresso coffee, dumped it on the floor, and grinded it in with their with their feet. But oh, and it spread it out, right? Wow. But I was just looking at that and. Isn't that interesting? I knew, I saw that and I said, that's disturbing the force. Yes. Within me. Yes. I don't even work in this office. (laughs) But walking by and seeing that, plus I was thinking when you bring in people from the public, uh, your guests, uh, we work a lot with, you know, publicists and things like that. So just seeing that, I was like, oh, no. And it was disturbing my force. Yes. My flow. Because it just was like, no, no. So- uh, I made sure we had someone come and, uh, you know, steamed it and took out all the stuff. And and then it was much more presentable. And I was like, ah, yes, that's better. So we do that with our own environment yeah, is well, what you're saying. Uh, yes. And, you know, when you walk into a restaurant or a friend's house or a new friend's house or, or even a store, you know oh, yeah. when something feels good and when it doesn't. Yep. Now. A lot of people ignore that because we are on autopilot most of the time. And so much of what I invite everybody to think about or to to embrace in your life is to get off autopilot. And when you get off autopilot, your senses become alive. Your mojo increases. And you will pay more attention to like, whoa, I can't believe that that stain was on my carpet for all those years. I was sleepwalking. Yes. Right? So the, the... the great thing and the easiest thing that I always tell um, when I do speaking engagements and when I talk to my clients, if they're feeling overwhelmed or feel, they're feeling stressed, I say, all right, here's here's the deal. Set a timer for a half an hour. Pull out a drawer. I don't care if it's your underwear drawer mm-hmm. or your sock drawer or a drawer in the kitchen or at your desk, whatever. Pick a drawer, any drawer. Put a timer on half an hour. Take everything out. Dump what you don't need anymore. Throw it away. Give it away. And then fold, put, you know, organize the rest that you're putting back. So it just looks like, you know, you're at the most beautiful boutique. 
Mm, mm. And you will walk away from that half an hour exercise with a clearer mind, with an elevated sense in your physicality. Yes. Right. It's, it'll be like you had a shot of espresso. Right. You will now have this clarity and this opening in your energy field that will give you the focus you need to then carry on with the day. I just had an epiphany. Ooh. It was like a light bulb or, or something just lit up. We hold on to clutter like we hold on to those stories. Yes. To the kinks. They're safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about. I got. I was just. I was just thinking about this. I've got this. I've got a closet. Everybody has that closet. So don't don't judge me. No. <laughs> I have this closet, and it's the. Oh my god! I can't deal with it right now. Let me just shove it in here. Closet that one, and when you think about it, those th- I, I th- those things I um I never refer to them. I don't need them in my daily life. They're taking up space. Uh, gathering dust. Yet we hold on to these things, and that's just one section. And I know people have many of those drawers and many of those uh, closets where we hold on to things that do not serve us. Yes. That is so representative of holding on to those kinks in the body, those stories, those yes. old, old stories. Yeah. And my guest today, Deborah Kagan, is the expert here on rocking your mojo, and she is going to help you get rid of those things. In get rid of this, get rid of the clutter, but get rid of the clutter, the internal clutter, the internal clutter, which is fantastic. Exactly. I mean, we're really like lighting you up from the inside out. I love this. Yes. So, um, uh, Deborah, we're gonna we have plenty more to talk about, but uh, if people want to to um, to become a client of yours, to find out more, to find out where you're speaking next, where do they go to? They can go to the main Mojo Hub, which is my website. It's Deborah-Kagan.com. And that's K-A-G-A-N. And it's Deborah spelled the biblical way. Deborah. Deborah. D-E-B-O-R-A-H. Dash. K-A-G-A-N.com. Okay, And there's actually um, a free video training there, which will walk you through those four pillars of Mojo and give you some exercises to do super simple I know you're all really busy. The videos are under five minutes each. They are power packed. Oh, someone was talking to you about impactful, wonderful timing <laughs> on your videos. Uh, Deborah Kagan is my guest on Out of the Box Radio today. And she is, again, uh, the creator of Rock Your Mojo programs. But also she's the author of Find Your Me Spot, 52 Ways to Reclaim Your Confidence, Feel Good in Your Own Skin, and Live a Turned On Life. I highly recommend that you grab her book available at uh, Amazon. All booksellers. Oh. Yes, Amazon for sure. And also on your website probably too. Yeah, it'll direct you to Amazon. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Get it at Amazon. It helps her. It helps her. Helps her numbers go up. And if you like it, write so, a review. So, um, so I, I will. I will. I promise. Um, I'm, 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 that's another thing. Women, oh, everybody should do this. But I really love the idea too of women supporting each other. And helping each other. And um, I've just been very blessed and lucky to work with some amazing women who are just exploring their career 
going out on a leap a little bit with the work that they do, um, becoming speakers, um, developing products and things like that, and just taking that, that, that chance. And I always say, I will gladly write a testimonial for you. You can use it if you like. Um, and, uh, you know, here's a, here's a photo of me. Here's who I am. If you like, I'll send you a testimonial. You can put this on your website if you like. And, um, and it's amazing because they're like, oh, my goodness, you would do that? And I said, well, yeah, sometimes you need sometimes you need somebody else to sing your praise instead of you singing your praises all the time, too, when it comes to those things on websites. Well, I love that you said that because I know in my own life for many years I had a kink that women are uh, not good and not nice to you, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I did not really want to be around women, mm-hmm. which is fascinating now. Of course, that's, that's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? you go. That's the way the world works. And and I'm so glad that, that, that it, you know, it all came around this way. And I love hearing you say that because still it, it shocks me in our 21st century time that we're living in where women are not being good to each other. Mm-hmm. And we don't have time for that anymore. No, we you don't. Know, we don't have any time for that anymore. And here's the thing. When we are not being good, particularly to other women, it really stems from our own lack of self-love. Bingo. And, and that, uh, that, you know, it might be harsh to hear that. Some people might be going, ooh, ow. But it, it's the truth. And if you give yourself pause and just think for a moment, yeah. what's hurting in you? that it is you feel unsafe or unworthy to shine some light on another woman yes right think of it's like think about that and then if you can be with that just with yourself for a moment then you can take a different action from that place but one of the things we have a meme we call it a kaganism in our world over here um but we have a meme that says uh awareness without action it's just mental masturbation. Boo, that's a good one. <laughs> that is so, so true. And, you, you know, we can all read books and take, you know, personal development courses or business, whatever it is. If you don't put it into action, yes. it ain't going to do squat. Right? Oh, tell me about it. No, so, I, there are people who are professional shelf help, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. collectors. Um, they, they've got all the books and all the trainings and everything like that, but then they, it's not applied in their real life. And what I have discovered, and and I know you know this, is, um, and a good friend of mine, Kyle Cease, uh, who, who's, a, who's a dear friend of mine, um, he, he put it very eloquently, we are like the giving tree. Yes. So you're not giving away your power when you praise someone or you help them or you make them look good. Um, and especially when, I mean, of course, when it's justified, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not lying to people. I, if I really like someone's product or book or message, I want other people to know about it. But what happens is, again, because of energy, that giving to someone else, it boomerangs right back to you tenfold. Absolutely. And you, you don't do it now. You don't, you know, the universe knows when you're being tricky. You don't do those things in order to get something right. back. Right. Because that is going to jack you up. <laughs> you don't ever do anything because you think you're going to get something back. You do it because once you're in alignment, it feels good. And I, I promise you, once you do it, you'd be amazed at what comes back to you. Exactly. And I always say it's like one of the easiest things to do is to give compliments. Yes. Give compliments. That is the antidote to gossip. Oh, Yes the antidote to gossip. Give compliments. And you can compliment anyone about anything. There's always something 
always yes. something. Color of someone's eyes, you know, whatever they might be wearing that day. Like, find something. I love the way you just open the door for that person. <laughs> there's there's something. And it will make that person's day. It is a beautiful, energetic gift that, again, there's and you have plenty. There's an endless supply of compliments. It's like you never run out. And yeah. I love that you brought up The Giving Tree. I actually I wrote my college essay on that book. Did you? I did. It's such a great story. That's, That's a great a... book. Now, um... We, I had uh, teased earlier about this idea, and especially what's wonderful is because you work primarily with women on getting their mojo uh, back and rocking their mojo. Um, let's talk about this, just an explosion of women. Either uh, maybe they have been stay-at-home moms and they are becoming authors now. They're exploring um, their passion, whatever it, whatever it is, doing small small businesses, home based businesses, going out and being entrepreneurs and and rocking this world with their gifts. It's, I I mean, it's noteworthy that that what's happening because before I just saw saw a lot of guys doing it. Okay, a lot of guys doing it, and now. There's more women on speak on speaking tours. There's there there needs to be more. There yes, there does. Okay, it's still, <laughs> it's pretty male dominated. We need yeah, we yeah. need more uh, Deborah Kagans and, and to go out there and help motivate um, everyone. But what about this explosion that that I, I'm witnessing and I'm sure you are as well? I, I think it's super exciting. I mean, I've stepped into this entrepreneurial space uh, a little over a decade ago, and I was excited because there were more women in the rooms than men in many of these masterminds and these uh, business development and entrepreneurial spaces. Mm -hmm. So that to me was awesome. And it, I, I did see a lot of women who either, you know, empty nesters that were finding, okay, let's do something new with our lives. And I th it has to do with I think obviously the this collective consciousness that's going on and and that women's voices there's a there's an opening. Yes. There's much more of an acceptance, well, becoming more of an acceptance and an opening and women are literally going, "Okay, I do not need to be shy anymore. I do not need to be meek. It is time for me to share my voice and to share what's truthful and powerful in whatever form or platform makes sense to them, whether it's a book or home-based business, right. something that they're passionate about." Right. And you know, uh, and I'm sure, you know, as you're seeing, I think the world in general is becoming more entrepreneurial. Like, that's what needs to happen. Out of necessity. Uh, exactly. Exactly. And and women are have always been so resourceful. Oh. It's so true. Right? So, I mean, if you really need to get something done... Ask a woman. Thank you. <laughs> so the resourcefulness, and I think it's a natural segue that's for women to step into that entrepreneurial space. The, you know, what I, what I hear and what I'm seeing a lot, at least in the women that come to me and come to my live events and are, there's that confidence piece that, that still needs to be addressed. Because while there's many women going out there and doing more entrepreneurial things, I still see a, too much self-doubt yes. and the self-deprecation. Yes. And so that's the piece that I'm excited about and obviously the space that I play in to support women in shifting and transforming that. So whatever the message is, whatever you're passionate about, you can go out there without the obstacle, without the block. And there's Yeah, there is a great need uh, for that. And you 
the beautiful part about it is you can zero in on it and work with with women. So you have so you work with uh, one on one clients, but also what I love is you with the on the different speaking um, engagements that you do. You do so would you do guest speaking spots during like a, a seminar or like a motivational seminar or a keynote as well? Yes, I do all of those. And I host um, a women's event called Rock Your Mojo Women's Weekend. Awesome. And that's here in Los Angeles. We do that twice a year. Fantastic. And so that's a great, great fun, safe space. One of the things that... I- that I'm really honored, actually, that the, the feedback that I get most often about that event is how it is such a safe space for women to to go through and share the pieces that might feel shameful, embarrassing, um, that they just don't ever give themselves the opportunity to talk about. They do at the Rock Your Mojo Women's Weekend. They get to share. They get to see that they're not alone. And the that piece oh. of recognizing yes. that we're not alone especially in our virtual world, is by far one of the most impactful moments for many of the women that uh, that I work with. Yes. I, I, uh, and, and, hearing, and hearing those stories of overcoming adversity um, are, is really powerful at, at those, uh, those type of events as well. Um, recently, I held a uh, women in business uh, networking event in um, in Southern California, and the speakers, I was myself, and then one, two, three other women, and each woman had their own specialty, mm-hmm. uh, their own unique um, energy to bring to the the seminar, right? To bring to this networking event, but each one had opened up with their um, the adversity that they had to overcome. Many were victims of abuse, mm-hmm. abusive uh, husband, uh, abusive parent, some physical, overcoming a physical um, either ailment or disease or something that would have knocked them out, right? Knocked anybody out. And what I noticed is that when they were telling their story, but from a empowered place, yes, okay, not not from a victim standpoint, yes, but from, from but from an, uh, an empowered place. Like I overcame this, and if I over and if I could overcome it, you can. If I can overcome it with five dollars in the bank, sister, you can. And I could see the energy in the room with the women in the audience, how it shifted, and how after that they were much more open to say, "Hey, um, y- you know, there's." I just, I don't know what I want to do. That's the other thing. You don't necessarily even have to know what it is that you want to do. You just need to know that you can, you can take those steps and, and be open to what comes to you. But they, it shifted something in them. Yeah. Hearing about that. Well, and that's what I say always. It's like, take the next available step. Right. So often we think, oh, we have to have the end game. We have to have the exact know exactly how to get to that end game. And that's what screws us up. Yes. And and then will absolutely paralyze us. Or we won't do it because we don't know what the end out the right. outcome is. So take the next available step. Yes. hundred percent. And I love that you said also, you know, we talk about the you know, the empowering story, right? Instead of being the victim, because as you mentioned earlier, the, my big why is helping to end violence against women and girls. 
I mean, talk about a you know a thing that robs and and lowers the volume dial on your mojo. Oh yes, right. I mean, and that was my experience in life between the growing up in a domestically violent home and being raped the first time I had sex. Mm. So it was like those were messages that my body was not a safe place to be. It was not powerful to be a woman. It was awful to be a woman. Right. But these were the messages that I received, and so. Obviously, many decades later, have done lots and lots of personal development work and continue to do so to have shifted not only the story, but the experience in my own body. And so I did this interview series a number of years ago called Take a Stand, Mm -hmm. which was, uh, again, raising awareness and funds for um, V-Day global organization to end violence against women and girls. And I specifically talked to people um, in the entrepreneurial space, um, some celebrities in politics, every, the commonality was, uh, and some men and women, I interviewed both, that everyone had gone through either domestic violence, sexual assault, rape, something in that realm, and they had created a huge amount of success in their life. The point was the 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 the, the avenue that uh, the intention to have the conversation from was that empowering context. Because mm. it's like, guess what? I do come from the space that all of our life's experiences, while they are in our bodies, they also happened for us. Mm. Mm. If I had not gone through the stuff that I went through, we wouldn't be here today. Right. I wouldn't be able to serve in the way that I serve. You wouldn't be able to have brought so much awareness to V-Day, uh, raising funds, talking about it, and helping those who have been uh, also perpetrated, have had violence or sexual assault. And to break their silence, because that's what you were saying. It was like yeah. you, when you hear these stories, that other the energy in the room shifts, and now somebody else goes, oh, I don't have to stay quiet about this. I don't need to keep this toxicity in my mind anymore, and I don't need to yeah. keep the toxicity in my body. Because once you share, once you give voice to something, you literally are freeing yourself of that. Yes. Right? And learning, and that... Um, Recently, with uh, Father's Day, I was, you know, um, s- myself and then s- some other friends of, of mine, we it, we have sort of an odd feeling with Father's Day, uh, not being super close to, to my dad. But what I had chose to remember, again, not re- not going over and over in my head the, uh, you know, the, the bad things that you know the 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 tough times uh growing up with with um that relationship but what i learned as a child growing up in that situation my ability to adapt to any situation which i think children in general are brilliant at because we can as children we can look at something and it's mostly because of our imagination i think we can look at something and we automatically, I think, to make it better, we adapt. We adapt. If it's divorce, some children have the ability to, and this is how I did too, was to go, oh, cool. I actually have two houses now. I have two Christmases. I have two birthdays. I, you know, those things. And also knowing how my parents were, I was like, I thank them at five years old. I thank them for having a divorce. I said, thank you for getting divorced because the the two together, it would have been horrible to, to hear that, you know, but the ability to adapt is something that I think we all, we all should at least be, 
be open to, to adapt from the circumstances. What did you learn from that? I learned a great deal of empathy. I am so empathic because I know that I would never want to put upon any other person what was put upon me, Mm -hmm. ever. Some people, it goes the other way, right? Some people who, you know, if, if they've been abused, then they will continue that abuse. Yeah. I love that you had, you know, the like, thanks, you know, mom and dad for getting divorced. That's so <laughs> awesome. Right. I did not have that experience. You know? well, I had teachers that were yeah. always like, oh, it's a shame you're from a broken yeah. home. I was yeah. like, are you kidding? And you're like, no, this is amazing. Yeah. But um, and, 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 you know, they're all different kinds of experience about that. And it's it's like you said, creating the context and 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 recognizing that. Nothing is permanent. Mm, We like to get really attached to stuff, physical stuff, relationship stuff. Yes. Right. The way that we are. You know, I well, I am, you know, just the way I am. uh, Yeah, that's just the way I am. I'm a Scorpio. I'm I'm conservative, whatever. (laughs) I am not. You know, that's definitely not one of mine. But, um, you know, we so we will attach ourselves to those identities. Yeah. When really. We can be anything that we want. Yeah. So it's like, who do you want to be? What do you have a desire for? Anything that you have a desire for is possible. You wouldn't have the desire if the way to achieve it wasn't there. Right. Because everything begins as a thought first. Everything. The chairs that we're sitting on, somebody was like, oh, this would be an interesting you know, chair design. Somebody had to think of it first. Yes, the microphones. The microphones, right? So uh, even you know, having a, a baby, someone had to think about yes. <laughs> on some level, which is really cool, by the way, because the other thing I think uh, when I when we, that we are all we are all we came from the same place. Do you know what I mean? We were these cells that grew in a woman's body. Yes. It's kind of mind boggling. And little mojo tip thrown in here. Yes. We have a a power center where our mojo lives in our body. Yes. And it's literally, if everybody takes your thumb right now and you put it in your lower part of your belly button Mm -hmm. and then take your middle finger and put it on top of your pubic bone, Mm -hmm. lay your palm down, that's your power center. Wow. So when you think what's underneath there, that's where a woman can grow a human being. Exactly. Hello. Hi. That's just that blows my mind, you know, that we're a human Petri dish. But there's a person that grows there. OK. Men and women, we all have power centers. Yes. This is literally the seat of your mojo. This is your life force. And think about it. Where do most people live day in and day out? In their mind, in their brain. Yeah. Above. The head. Above your yes. neck. Yes. So in order to truly tap into your mojo, you must become embodied. You must become embodied. Yes. And this can happen with deep breathing. This can happen again with consciously using your senses. Yes. Because when you do consciously use your senses, your body starts to perk up. It gets excited. It gets yes. a little tingly. Right. And it's funny when we start talking about, I love when you, you know, said orgasm and uh, my book is named, you know, the what it's called, Find, Find Your, Your Me, Me Spot, Spot yes. intentionally, because when we have some innuendo, when we start to bring in some sexual play, right, it's actually mojo, it's life force. Sexual energy is the same thing as mojo. It's the same thing as chi or ki or prana, like whichever lingo you want to use. It's the stuff that moves life forward. Yes. And that's what's sitting in our power center. 
Mm. All of us. If you talk to, a, you know, a mixed martial artist or you talk to, you know, some of these, you know, fighters, what do they say? Where, where does the energy really come from? Your, your power moves. They come from your low center of gravity. Correct. If you're doing Tai Chi, Chi, all this, it comes from your Dantian. It's your power center. So it is known throughout many different um, traditions and and ways of utilizing our body that that place between our navel and our pubic bone is the space of our most potent power. And isn't that also the area where we hold our if if it our shame in many respects absolutely with women especially we hold that shame there um um unwanted attention sexual if there was any type of sexual misconduct in the home it's it is there and that's where we bury it um some people it might be covered over through through you know through food or through alcohol or th- whatever but that is the the fire that's been extinguished. Exactly. So, so folks, if uh, if you want to get that fire going again, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to contact Deborah Kagan or <laughs> get her book. <laughs> Find your me spot. Now we have just a couple minutes left. I want you to, if you don't mind, the um, tagline or the subtitle of your book is "52 Ways to Reclaim Your Confidence, Feel Good in Your Own Skin, and Live a Turned On Life." You're not going to, obviously, you, if you want all 52, you have to get her book, find your me spot, okay? But would you mind throwing out just a couple? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'd love to. So throw out a couple ways that we can reclaim our confidence, feel good in our own skin, and live a turned on life. So here's the, one of the easiest ones to do, which is with the sense of smell. And it's with aromatherapy, mm-hmm. okay? Every, it's so easy to get these days. Delicious oils. Delicious oils, essential oils. I, you know, be careful of the ones you use because there's stuff out there that is not necessarily healthy for you, Correct. right? So get really pure, you know, certified therapeutic grade essential oils. And if you are needing a, a boost, right, you want to use some citrus scents. And it's easy. You can get a diffuser to put in your environment. Yes. And you could have that going throughout the day or even when you sleep, right? If you have trouble sleeping, you could use some scents, calming scents, like a lavender. You could, um, uh, some of ladies that I work with, you know, they have some breathing and asthma issues. There's great stuff like eucalyptus and spearmint and things that you can put in your diffuser and have that going while you sleep to give you a more restful night. I like thieves oil. There you go. Yes. Smells yummy. Yes, it's really good. Um, So, and that's antibacterial. Yes. Fantastic for you. So, um, essential oils are fantastic. You can put them in diffuser, put them directly on your body, add them to your moisturizer. And again, this will consciously now change the way that you interact with your day by the use of smell. Lovely. Okay, so that's that one. Um, the one that's really popular, it's a crowd pleaser, is number 25 <laughs> number from the 20, book. <laughs> number 25, this big number that Open comes the up. the door, yes. yes. So it's called the Love Body Wash. Now, it's in the touch <laughs> section. Is this a product that you're doing? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> the it's, Love Body it's Wash. In the t- it's in the touch section. However, I'm a big fan of this one, and many women are a big fan of this one, because you can incorporate other senses, including your sense of smell. But Here's the thing. You got to shower or take a bath. You should. Once in a while, right? At least once in a while. Yes. Okay. And when you're doing that, you got to be naked. 
Kind of. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, it's a little weird. Yeah. So while you're in there now, the Love Body Wash is where you get to love yourself up. And I don't mean like bow, chicka, bow, bow. <laughs> That's, you know, that you can do that if you want. This is just about changing the cellular makeup for you. So you'd be taking your soap and you're like washing your arms. You go, oh my God, these arms. These are the greatest arms. I love my arms. Oh, they're so fantastic. I get to hug people with them. I can hug myself with them. Ooh, right? Then you sh- you just start to love body wash. These legs. Oh, my God. These legs are amazing. I love these legs. They're so strong. They get, you know, they get to carry me throughout the day. My booty. Look at this booty. <laughs> Come on. And you start to soap up your booty, right? And so you, you get the gist. Brilliant. You are unabashedly touching your own body in a way that is loving, kind, using your voice, whether you say it inside your head or out loud. I recommend doing it loud and really over the top because it's so fun. And if you live with other people, they'll be like, what the (laughs) hell is going on in there? (laughs) So it, and when you're done, everything in your body is vibrating and you feel perked up because again, our body knows and we have the cellular memory. So you are now, with the Love Body Wash, giving your body a new experience. Boom. 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 And your sense of self-love and self-respect and self-care has now skyrocketed. And if you do it repeatedly, right, use that repetition even a couple of times a week doing this, you will feel so much more mojolicious. Oh, Deborah Kagan, <laughs> that was fantastic. It's fun. <laughs> number and twenty-five. It, number twenty-five, and it works. Number twenty-five, and there's so many more. And and um, oh my gosh, I want. We're almost out of time, and I want. Can, can I have you back? Can we can I have you back on the show? Oh my god, I love that because you are awesome. You're so wonderful to talk to. Uh, so those were just a couple ways uh, that you can reclaim your confidence, feel good in your own skin, and live a turned-on life. From Deborah Kagan, my beautiful guest today. Uh, her book is called Find Your Me Spot, and you can find your mojo, rock your mojo, with Deborah Kagan by going to her website, Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, dash, Kagan, K-A-G-A-N, dot com. And thank you again just so, so very much, uh, Deborah Kagan, for joining us today. I th- it was fantastic. I want to have you back on. Christine, thank you. It's great to be here. And I want to thank you, my wonderful listeners, for tuning in this week. Remember, if you would like to make sure you never, ever, ever miss an episode, subscribe actually to the YouTube channel, Out of the Box Radio YouTube channel. And then that way you can share these interviews with family and friends on social media and an email. It's just fantastic. Or if you'd like, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or iHeartRadio. Until next time, as always, remember to think outside of the box. Bye for now.